are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, I've entitled this message today, Christmas, a life-changing message. And it truly is. Truly is a life-changing message for anyone, anyone who have ever accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Makes all the difference, don't he? What would happen if one morning during the middle of your daily routine, an angel appeared to you, told you that God had a plan that would completely change your life? How would you respond? Well, Luke's account of the Christmas story includes two such incidents. There are important truths and lessons to be found in each of these events. First of all, the angel appears to Zacharias. We talked about it a couple of Sundays ago. But um, in the first instance, the angel Gabriel appears to to the priest Zacharias in the temple as he conducts his priestly duties. Zacharias was startled and gripped with fear, and I suppose you and I would be too. The the angel says, don't be afraid, Zacharias. Gabriel, Gabriel, the angel that appeared to him, says, your prayer has been heard. Well, that's good news. That's good news when you realize that you've got a message from heaven that your prayer is being heard. But do you know something? We have the same message today. It's in the word. Call unto me and I will answer you. Show you great and mighty things that you do not even know. That's what he says. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen? And on and on and on the scriptures go. Uh, so, So don't be afraid. He said, your prayers have been heard. Here is a man who wouldn't stop believing. I don't know what he was thinking at that time. He said, your wife will bear a son, and you are to give him the name John, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Now, uh, we know that uh, this is what the, the, the scriptures proclaim, that uh, Elijah would come before the coming of the Lord, become the coming of that great day. And John came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And uh, he said, to prepare the people for the Lord. Let's go to my ginger again. Talk about miracle drugs. This is the miracle for when you get a a tickle in your throat and you want to cough. His response to the angel's astounding news is to try and fit it into his existing assumptions about his life and his future. Although he was believing for a miracle, he wondered how. How can I be sure of this, he says. 
I'm an old man, and my wife is old. In other words, naturally, Gabriel, naturally, this is an impossibility. But the things that are thought impossible with man is possible with God. Gabriel's response to Zechariah's doubt is clear. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. God has a timing to answer my prayers and to answer yours. It's not always on our time schedule. And uh, we are so used to getting everything so fastly now. How would we ever live with that Peasantville internet that we used to have when when it first came on on the market, right? How would you like to have to go back to that again? Now we can't get it fast enough. When God communicates with us or takes action in our lives, it is rarely with the impact of the angel's appearance. But I think our reaction is often much like Zacharias. We question whether it's real. Was that God speaking to me? Or am I imagining things? Was was that a miracle? Or was it just a coincidence? Well, we happen to believe that there are no coincidences with God. It's all God incidents. Amen? And so when we pray, we got to believe that we're going to receive from his bountiful supply. And uh, while we may relate to Zechariah's confusion and questions, we must be aware that it has a cost. It's not so much that we might be struck dumb if we doubt God's authority or interest in us. Whether, but uh, that we might miss the blessings and the peace and that God desires to give each one of us. Whether they come to us through a heavenly messenger or a passage of scripture, God's promises are trustworthy. Our ability to accept them and live them is limited primarily by our faith, by what we believe, how we believe. It is very important that we get to know God in a real and a personal way. And the only way that we can get to know him is through his word. And when we know what his word says, then we get to understand We understand him a bit better. And so the more we read his word, the more confident we can be in the promises that he has made for each one of us. The angel appeared secondly to Mary. After Gabriel appears to Zacharias, Luke presents the account of his appearance to Mary. And if the angel's news to Zacharias seemed astounding, imagine yourself in Mary's shoes or in Mary's sandals. 
Amen? Luke 1, 30 to 33. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Consider what this news meant to Mary. She was probably somewhere between 13 and 16 years of age. Eve, given the social morals of the time, she could expect to be disgraced to have a baby out of wedlock. Joseph would abandon her, and she would probably never marry. Jewish society looked, took a real hard line on fornication and blasphemy. So even to come to the people and say, I am pregnant, but I wasn't with a man. It was just as difficult back then as it would be today for somebody to tell you that. And so a young single woman claiming that God had made her pregnant would have encountered trouble beyond description. It was no easier to believe then than now. Mary must have known there could be problems, but rather than focusing on the size of the problem, she, show, she chose to trust in the greatness of her God. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, be it to me according to your word. Lord, I don't understand this. It's way beyond me. But if this is what you say, then let it happen. I'm surrendered to you. That is why God chose her to be the one to bring baby Jesus into the world. Because he knew her heart. You see, God knows me. God knows you. He knows everything about us. Our lives are an open book to him. Long before, long before you and I ever accepted Christ as our Savior, he knew exactly what we were, he knew exactly what we were doing. In fact, before we were born, before we were formed in our mother's womb, he knew exactly what our life would be right from beginning to end. He's the all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful God. And he knows. So Mary offers one of the most powerful examples of a person submitting to God's will, surrendering self and setting aside fear about the future. Mary's example of a life yielded to God God's purpose speaks powerfully to us today. The angel appears to Joseph in a dream. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, 
Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. You see, human nature is the same in every generation. We think we're smarter than those folks. We think we're different. But no, he had the same fears, the same feelings that you and I would have. We found that our sweetheart was going to have a baby, and you knew it wouldn't be yours. Joseph was very disturbed about this news, so he was planning a secret divorce. His love and concern for her was not to cause her any undue hardship. He knew what this, that this could be messy, to say the least. Matthew chapter 1, 20 to 21, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto you Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. You will notice that the New Testament is filled with the prophetic right from the start. Matthew chapter 1, 21, 22 rather. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. There is a real message in this for us. God touches our lives even often in ways we most Never suspect. He can relate, we can relate to Zachariah's confusion, but we must aspire to Mary's faith. Note, God deals with us according to our spiritual understanding. Zechariah was a seasoned man of God. He knew the scriptures. He knew that God is a miracle-working God. And he was praying for a miracle. He believed that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What God did for Abraham and Sarah, he could do for Zechariah and for Elizabeth. When God answered yes, Zechariah wanted details. He had some questions. How? God's response is, you will not be able to speak for nine months. You see, Zechariah was a spiritual man. He knew what the scripture said. He could have said, okay, Lord, thank you. I receive it. But he wanted some details. To encourage Mary in her question, the angel responded, in a way which was needful to her. God saw something in her 
that he did not see in other women of her generation. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. She was lacking in knowledge and wisdom from, from that year's bring. She had questions about questions. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? This wasn't doubting. This wasn't a doubting question. She simply wanted an explanation. She was young. She didn't have the experience that Zacharias had. So the angel didn't say, you're going to be dumb until the baby is born. The angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Mary responded in a way that gladdened the heart of God. Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We need to try as best we can to be the Lord's servants, entrusting ourselves to his care, trusting him to fulfill his plan and his purpose in our lives, being fully convinced that what he has promised, he is able to perform. Things which are impossible with men are possible with God. In conclusion, Christmas is more than just a holiday. In light of the truth of the gospel, it can be truly a life-changing experience. However, there is a problem. We are completely cut off from God by our sin, and God must judge sin because he is holy and yet he loves us. And this is why we reach out to people. This is why we have churches. This is why we have different denominational churches. Because some people do not feel comfortable in worshiping in a church like ours. But they can go to other churches that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and find Christ there. You see, Isaiah's 53, 6 tells us that all we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned every one to his own way. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us has been in that boat. Oh, praise God. God had a solution. He would give his son to be born as a baby, live the perfect life and die the perfect death as our perfect substitute. We do not have to die a spiritual death because Jesus paid it all for us. Whoever means last, every last man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of this earth. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have. Today we are celebrating 
the day that that gift came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, came as a little baby, helpless, so helpless, God being at the mercy of mankind. And then that sacrifice was made some 33 and a half years later when they took him and nailed him to a cross. And he proclaimed to them right there and then, he said, listen, I can call 10 legions of angels and they can take me out of this place, set me free. I am doing this of my own free will, giving his life so that right down in 2016 and on into the future, men and women who call upon Christ, who call upon the Father, say, I thank you for the gift that you have given me in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I receive that as a full pardon for my sin. They're forgiven. And so that's the message that we have. We share it with our testimony. We share it with our lives, on the job, in the home, in the marketplace, wherever we go. We are ambassadors for Christ. And that message of Christmas is being preached every day of the year until Jesus comes. Whoever means you and I. And the Bible says, whoever believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. To believe on or in him means to trust him and accept him and his sacrifice for sin to forgive you, to save you, and to set you free, leading to a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it means to believe in him. Now, lots of people say, I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is Son of God. I believe he was crucified. But if you, that's believing about him. You've heard the message and you believe about him. But you believe in him, you're trusting in him. He's your Lord, he's your savior, he's your guide, he's your counselor. Believing about him is having a limited knowledge of him without any personal relationship. For the, until we accept Christ as our savior, it's hearsay. It's something that we hear somebody else say, something that we read, but we, and we, we can accept it to a point that, yeah, I, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe all these things. But until you accept him, that's when you begin to believe in him, to believe on him. Amen? So how do you believe today? Amen? Well, praise the Lord. Something to think about, isn't it? Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.